0: Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Great to be back with you guys once again as the season is coming to a close and the Braves are entering the most crucial series of the year, maybe the the biggest series in all of baseball this year. There haven't been too many divisions that are coming down to the wire. Uh, The NL East is definitely uh, kind of a clash of the titans between the Braves and uh, the rival, the hated New York Mets. Uh, and so this series coming up later today is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, as a Braves fan, obviously, we hope it goes our way, and uh, we're going to see. Uh, you know, the Mets are a formidable opponent. They have definitely proven that over the course of the year. Uh, to this point, they haven't met's things up yet. You know, usually uh, Mets fans are probably pretty used to the Mets collapsing. Braves fans certainly are kind of used to that um, and not really having to worry about the Mets late in the year. But here they are. They are a good team. They're definitely two very different teams, especially offensively. Uh, so it is going to be very, very um, fascinating to see what happens uh, with this series coming up. You know, the Braves are entering this series coming off of a pretty disappointing loss, to say the least, against the Washington Nationals. Very frustrating game to watch. You know, you win the first two against the Nationals. All three of those you kind of feel, every game at this point you feel is a must-win game uh, to win the, the National League East. Uh, the um, halfway through the night, it looked pretty good for the Braves. The Marlins were uh, were beating the Mets four to two. They end up uh, kind of giving that up. Mets come back, win that game, and the Braves end up losing uh, to the Nationals in extra innings, three to two. So, just very frustrating game. You know, uh, the Braves fans, unfortunately, as as much success as we have uh, experienced over the last. Two seasons, of course, culminating in the World Series. Uh, extra inning games have been rather uh, frustrating to watch. Uh, Braves have not been very good in those games. I think they're about 500, maybe just a little under 500 this season. Feels worse than that. Uh, last season was it was even worse. Extra inning games were just uh, Braves were snake bit in those games, and it's quite honestly, it's how the Braves I think approach extra inning games. They just don't do anything strategically to get runners over, to get runners in. Uh they're relying on who they are as a team generally, which is a home run hitting team. Uh they're they're going out in those um in those innings and they're trying to score more than just the one. They really don't seem to care that much about the ghost runner and just getting that guy in, whereas I think most other teams do, you know, focus primarily on getting that runner in. Uh, so that means the Braves are certainly not going to sacrifice bunt. They're not going to try to give any outs away in extra inning games. But, man, that can really come back to bite you uh, if you don't get that big hit. And, uh, unfortunately, that has not happened. It didn't happen the other night. Uh, the Braves uh, historically have zero sacrifice bunts all season. So it is definitely not a part of their game. It's not a part of their their strategy. Um and that's, um, it's historic because no team in the history of baseball has ever finished a season with zero sacrifice bunts uh, in the Braves, uh, if unless they sack, sack bunt randomly uh, in one of these last six games are going to finish with that record. It's kind of amazing, you know, if you grew up like I did uh, in the era of, uh, you know, Maddox and Glavin and all those guys, all those pitchers. Travis Lee pitchers don't hit anymore, but um, I mean, the Braves were like the, the most epic bunting team ever under Bobby Cox. So it's really weird for the Braves to be the team to never, ever, ever sacrifice bunt. I'm not saying that they necessarily should have in this game against the Nationals. I mean, uh, Acuna hits a, a fly ball. The runner's able to tag. is able to tag and move to third. You, you kind of set up, at least, to score that guy. Uh, and Dansby has a terrible at-bat. I mean, just got to be honest. He he swings at the first pitch, grounds the ball into a drawn-in infield to third base. Uh, you don't get that runner in. Um, and then Harris, who's been, yes, he's been great all year. Uh, you know, he's kind of forced to try to come through uh, with two outs, runner on third. He's not, not able to do so. And then the Nationals um, are able to get, get the runner in uh, in, the, in the bottom of the inning, and they win. So, again, you know, you, you just see that. It, it's, it's a scenario, you, you're not going to have the ghost runner rule in, um, uh, in the postseason. That's helpful for the Braves. I think overall the Braves will be a much better uh, team in extra innings in the postseason because of that. I mean, they have a great bullpen. Uh, they do have the kind of team that's going to score in bunches. You know, if you put two or three runs up in extra innings, yeah, you're going to win that game probably. Uh, but just... It seems strange in a game that is very clearly must win that the Braves wouldn't pull out all the stops strategically to do what they need to do to win the game. I'm not saying it's easy for Dansby to, you know, it's not easy to hit it the other way or hit it in the air. I mean, sometimes that's just going to happen. The, the pitcher makes a good pitch, but to swing first pitch and do it the way he did, that was really disappointing and he's been struggling. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode. Uh, but, you know, Again, the Braves have to bounce back from that. I do expect them mentally to be very much ready uh, to take on the Mets. In some ways, maybe it kind of, uh, you know, just codifies them to like be fully into it, ready and mentally um, ready to just take on the Mets in in that much bigger of a way. You know, you're you're not looking at, well, we have to win two out of three. I mean, now you're thinking, okay, we got to dominate these guys and sweep them out of here. I hope that they are coming in with that kind of mentality because it's probably going to be what they have to do. So, yeah, this loss definitely puts the Braves in a much tougher uh, position entering this series instead of being tied or what it even looked like. They might even be up a game uh, midway through that that evening. Uh, The Mets, again, coming back against the Marlins. So, instead, the Mets are up one game in the East. Uh, The best result for the Braves would obviously be sweeping the Mets, um, not only would that put the Braves two game, two full games up in the NL East, it would also um, mean that they would have the tiebreaker. They would win the season series 10-9 to 9 against the Mets. So even if the Braves and Mets ended up tying for the, the division at the end of things, the Braves would still take the NL East with that tiebreaker. Uh, so that is going to be a tough task, uh, but certainly uh, it is still possible. And uh, if the Braves were able to accomplish that, it would be um, pretty awesome. Uh, so that's the best result. The acceptable result would be that the Braves simply win the series two games to one. Um, and they would, that would mean they would go into the last three games with the Marlins um, tied with the Mets for the division. The Mets, however, would still retain that tiebreaker for the season series. So that means the Braves would probably have to sweep the Marlins and hope that the Nationals could take one game from the Mets somehow. Now I think that's realistic because the Mets are just like the Braves are—they're throwing their three best pitchers in this game, right? So uh, the Mets, the last three games of the se- season, they're not going to be throwing Degrom or Scherzer or, or Bassett. Uh, so there's a little opening there. I think uh, you know the the Nationals are not a good team. If you watch the last three games. Uh, You know, the Braves saw that, but they also saw the Nationals take a game, right? I mean, baseball is weird. You can have a pitcher who's had a bad year, suddenly have a good game, and, you know, that happens. The Braves, on the other hand, are going to have a little more of a challenge because they're going to have to face uh, Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins, uh, the likely Cy Young winner in the National League still. So definitely tougher road, just generally speaking, for the Braves. Uh, Doesn't mean they can't do it. It is going to be, I think, um, you know, maybe trial by fire. Maybe it will be a blessing in disguise for the Braves to have such tough games leading into the playoffs that they're going to be, they're basically in playoff mode already um, and will be throughout. Uh, So, you know, just obviously these games are going to determine a lot. Um, The other thing to keep in mind with this three-game series with the Mets is the weather. Uh, Hurricane Ian certainly praying for everybody who is uh, in the path of that storm. Obviously, that is way more important than baseball, but uh, we are a baseball podcast, so let's talk about that. So the weather for this three-game series, initially, a lot of people were talking about, you know, are they going to have to move uh, the series somewhere else or, or move games? doesn't look like they're going to have to do that. The rain has shifted to the east. Uh, however, um, you might still get a little rain, but um, probably be able to get these, these games in. But The bigger thing to keep in mind is the wind. There could be a lot of wind, a strange wind that you don't usually see at Truist Park, um, uh, playing with the baseball. Uh, That could mean home run happy, right, depending on how the wind's going, or it could knock down a lot of home run balls. And obviously for the Braves who rely so much on the home run, I think actually this weather could really impact um, how successful they are. We've seen Braves in games. You might remember a few games ago in Philadelphia, the Braves were, um, were shut out one to nothing in a one to nothing loss. You know, you look back. I mean, when you're only down one game uh, in the division, you can look back at so many games over the course of the season and be like, daggone, if we just w- have, could have won that game. But you might remember that one game. I mean, the wind was just blowing in tremendously. Um you know Braves couldn't do a thing. And I do think that is a weakness of their like home run or bust mentality. Uh, they are a fun team to watch. They can crush the ball out of the ballpark. but you know you baseball is typically played outside, except for a few places. And uh, you know, weather can impact the ability for guys to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So uh, hopefully the wind won't be blowing in, and hopefully it'll be blowing out. And I think that would absolutely benefit the Braves over a Mets team that doesn't hit as many home runs. Something to keep in mind. All right. So for the, the game one matchup going into the series, the game is tonight. Um, Freed, Max Freed is going against Jacob deGrom. This is a tremendous pitching matchup uh, between two absolute aces. DeGrom, of course, uh, entered the season um, much later this year after some, some shoulder issues. Uh, he has looked very good, except his last start. His last start was one of the worst of his career. Uh, it wasn't totally on him. I don't think he was very sharp, but Oakland was able to get to him. Uh, there was also some several misplays in the in the outfield and that sort of thing that allowed him to um, get knocked out of the game. I think he ended up allowing five runs, but they weren't all earned. Um, but nonetheless, he's coming uh, off of one of the worst starts of his career, That kind of scares me. I feel like DeGrom is going to be like highly, highly motivated to dominate tonight. So the Braves are going to have to have a tremendously good game plan and approach against DeGrom, who is just one of the nastiest pitchers pretty much in baseball history. Uh, That being said, if Freed is locked in, as we know he can be in big games, if he can shut down the Mets, Put a zero on the board for however long he's out there. Obviously, that gives the Braves uh, every chance to go um, take this game. You know, the, one of the keys. I don't. I don't want to see um, Edwin Diaz at all this series. And hopefully, the Braves can. Uh, you know, get leads. Early leads would be great, but get any kind of lead. Let's not have to score off of Edwin Diaz, who I guarantee will be coming in. Uh, if the Mets have a lead, he will be coming in in the eighth inning. Um, so. Let, let's keep him on uh, on the bench. Game two matchup is Kyle Wright versus Max Scherzer. Another heavyweight matchup. Kyle Wright, of course, uh, since I uh, talked to you guys last, won his twentieth game. Really cool, um, you know, individual um, uh, accomplishment for Wright. Uh, Braves have not had a twenty-game winner since two thousand three and the Russ Ortiz era. You might remember Russ Ortiz uh, was a Brave at one point. Uh, so just really cool stuff. I mean. And that's a that's 20-game winner. A lot of people don't care about wins anymore. I think it does show you that he's, he's going deeper into games. He's giving the Braves a chance to win every time out. And the Braves have won most of the games that Kyle Wright has pitched this year. Uh, and so, you know, Max Scherzer is obviously an incredibly uh, tough uh, veteran pitcher who also is about as nasty as it comes. You know, Scherzer can be a little off at times. The Braves have had some success off of him on certain uh instances. Other times he's been totally dominant against them. So it's kind of to me it's kind of a coin flip to what we're going to see from Scherzer. And obviously with him getting older, this time of year, uh you know, he was recently on the IL. He's come off of that pitched I think once since that uh that IL stint. So we're just going to have to see what he what he has. Again, uh, you kind of expect him to be very good. But it wouldn't totally shock me if uh, the Braves were able to get at least a couple off of them. All right, the Game 3 matchup is probably the the most of the toss-up games because you just don't really know exactly what's going to happen. It's Chris Bassett against Charlie Morton. Morton has not been very good lately. But, of course, you also know that Morton's a big-game pitcher. He has nasty stuff. He's struck out over 200 guys this season. So, you know, he can put guys away. It's just how sharp is he going to be? And Chris Bassett has been pretty solid for the Mets. He's not typically somebody who's going to totally shut you down, uh, but but a very good pitcher nonetheless. So, again, the Mets are throwing their three best. The Braves are throwing their three best available. Remember that uh, Spencer Strider has, is on the IL and has basically been shut down until the postseason. We definitely hope that he will be back ready to go for whatever postseason games the Braves are going to be playing, uh, but nonetheless, it does—you know—that does come up in your mind of man, it would—it would be great to be able to throw Spencer Strider instead of Charlie Morton in one of these games. You'd feel a little better about things. But nonetheless, you know, Charlie Morton is capable. He's been in these games many, many times. He's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. And maybe that's—you uh, know—don't we? We know from last year, Braves fans know from last year that. On paper, things you know you can look like the underdog in certain games, but guys in pressure situations, a lot of these Mets players have not been in a playoff environment like what's going to be in Atlanta. So we don't know how they're going to react. Um, We have a pretty good idea of how most of the Braves are going to react. They have they are used to this for the most part. Um, So it's going to be a fun series. I think Uh, the um, I have no doubt Braves fans are going to be just on fire during this during this three-game set so some good things that I see from the Braves let's start with the positive you know going into this series the outfield the outfield for the Braves in the second half of the season has been one of the best in baseball and you know it was one of the worst to start the season I mean let's not forget an outfield of Adam Duvall in center field Marcel Ozuna in left uh, you know, I mean, the outfield, uh, you know, Rosario, who couldn't see, literally couldn't see, and you know, also out there. Let's not forget how bad uh, the the season started for the Braves in the outfield with Acuna out. So, since Acuna has come back, you know, he hasn't been quite himself this season, but he's still a lot better than what we had, um, and he's looking better and better. Um, Michael Harris obviously has been the biggest game changer for the Braves. Him and Spencer Strider. Braves are not where they are at all. They're fight, They're probably fighting for a wild card spot. Uh, you know, a lower wild card spot. If it wasn't for Harris and Strider, Harris has been amazing, and he continues to do Harris things. And Rosario is actually coming alive. I mean, his his average, which was under you know about 180 uh, for most of the season, is is up. You know, it's around 220, uh, which doesn't sound like much, but he's been putting a lot of hits on the board lately. Uh, He hadn't hit a lot of home runs, um, but he's definitely tagging the ball a little bit more. And we know that, uh, you know, I think Eddie likes October. So this, I would not be shocked if he had a big hit at some point in this series. So yeah, the Braves outfield, uh, just generally speaking, offensively and defensively uh, is really one of the better ones in baseball. And they have been showing that lately. The Braves bullpen, uh, you, you cannot blame them for anything that happened in uh in Washington um you know with that loss the Braves bullpen has been shutting people down over long innings uh and you know they look really ready i mean you know i'm still not super confident um of Kenley Jansen uh we'll we'll have to see <laughs> you know he's kind of a game to game situation basically but uh you know Braves have to feel really good about their bullpen and if if they have to have a quick trigger in one of these games for the Mets uh, obviously, everyone, you know, we need to win them. So I would not be shocked if you see it, the bullpen come out if if someone is struggling and, and you need to you know, stay in the game. Um, the catching tandem, you know, catching tandem for the Braves uh, continues to be uh, the best in baseball. Uh, power, Darneau has been very good. Contreras has just kind of continued to do what he has been doing all season. And you feel really good about that going in is a kind of a positive uh, the Braves whoever they face their their offensive catching uh tandem is going to be better than anybody else's for sure and then just a shout out to Bryce Elder we're not going to see him in this met series but man he set up the Braves uh really well for this thing uh to be able to you know push our best three starters back to this game he he gave the Braves a complete game the only complete game of the season for any Braves starters and he did it in a shutout Six-hit shutout against the Nationals, and you have to be thinking that Bryce Elder has earned a spot on the postseason roster. He's probably going to get one more start, another big start. It probably will be in in Miami, Uh, so way to go, Bryce Elder. I hope he's able to finish strong with one more uh, big regular season start. Uh, The bad things going into this series, uh, honestly, the infield, the Braves infield, which was probably the best in baseball over the first half of the season, has not been in the second half of the season. And especially I want to just focus on the last 15 games. You know, I love these guys. They are going to be crucial to any kind of success the Braves have in the postseason uh, in these last six games of the regular season. Uh, But, you know, I, I want to point it out. Dansby Swanson has only hit two. This is the last 15 games, by the way. So over the last 15 games, Dansby has hit 215. Uh, with a 239 on-base percentage. I'm not going to dive into every number. All these guys have a pretty low slugging percentage, too. So they they aren't driving the ball. They're not getting on-base at a very high clip. Matt Olsen, we know his struggles in September. He's actually been a little better over the last, I would say, five to seven games. So I want to mention that. But over his last 15 games, only a 173 batting average and a 241 on-base percentage. And then Austin Riley, I love, Riley's one of my favorite Braves. I think, you know, when he is going good, he's he's literally probably a top three or top five offensive player in all of baseball, but he hasn't been uh, basically since he signed that that big extension. So I don't know if he's putting more pressure on himself or if it's just one of those things where he's gone into a slump and and maybe even tiring some because as we know, these guys do not sit. And, and I'm generally in favor of that, by the way, you know, Snicker won't sit these guys. I like the mentality of going to work every day and, you know, not having to, to, not having to rest and, and just that work ethic. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, But I think uh, especially when you add all the postseason, the long season that they had last, last year to Swanson and Riley, maybe it is catching up. I don't know. You know, obviously Snicker knows how they're feeling and, you know, the health of these guys better than I do, but but Riley has only hit 200 with a 323 on-base percentage over his last 15 games. That on-base percentage isn't bad. He's obviously taking some walks, but zero home runs. Riley has not hit a home run, uh, or maybe I missed one. He is he's done very little um, in the power department over his last 15 games, which obviously um, you know three of these four guys are. Um, are your top four guys in your lineup, and they all hit back to back, right? This is your two, three, and four hitters all struggling at the same time, and so I think when you see, you know, the Braves are in this offensive roller coaster, they'll have several games where they score six, seven, eight runs, and then they'll have a game like the last game in uh, in Washington where they can barely do anything offensively. Uh, it's because their lineup isn't really clicking. You know, half of it is is pretty good. Um, I don't know that there's a ton of guys in the lineup right now that are like super hot, uh, but you have three guys, you're really three of your best players not hitting well right now. So they're going to have to turn it on uh, here in the last few games. Uh, They need to um, honestly take some responsibility. And then the other guy I'll mention, a part of this infield, Vaughn Grissom, who did not play at all in the Washington series as Arcia uh, was in there and he, he crushes the Nationals. So I get that. But Grissom has also struggled. Uh, since you know coming on super strong initially, uh, he's only hit 196 with a 288 on-base percentage in his last 15 games. So what is the infield going to do in this series? I'm really hoping uh, for some big things that they start at least a couple of these guys start snapping out of it and have some big moments against the Mets. The other guy, you know, the other thing that is not going well going into the series is Charlie Morton. Um you know I mentioned him he's going to pitch the third game of the series his last seven starts he has a 5.17 ERA and has been giving up a ton of home runs he's basically a, a home run per game uh, it seems like more than that but uh he's definitely been snake but you know the thing about morton is he has um you know strikeout stuff still he he has over 200 strikeouts this this season um, but when you combine, it's like he'll be going fine, um, and then he'll walk, he'll walk a guy, he'll hit a batter, which he'll, he'll do that a lot, and then a three-run homer. And it's just, you know, he has those innings where things unravel, and, um, and he, he has a hard time avoiding that. Uh, I think because he's a two-pitch pitcher, basically, with his, I mean, he'll throw some changeups, but basically it's a very good curveball, um, which is his primary pitch and then a so-so fastball which can get hit hard but that combination is kind of a home run recipe because his fastball if guys really sit on his fastball they can time it and you'll see it go a long ways um, if he doesn't uh, you know if he doesn't spot it well and then every now and then that great curveball as anybody will if you throw too many of them he'll hang one you know he's throwing you know, forty curveballs a game, and you're gonna hang a couple of those, and you know that can obviously be hit a long ways too. So, uh, Morton, look, this might be Morton's last regular season start ever, and it would be great if he came came through big. He is a big game pitcher. Uh, we know he's done it. He hasn't done done it much lately, but man, maybe he'll pull it out this time around. So the keys to this series going into this, this Met series, you know, number one, I think the the Atlanta fans showing up, they did such a great job of that in the postseason last year. I think it's one of the things that really propelled the Braves to their championship. They had such great fan support and I expect it again in this series. It is going to be a fun place to be. I wish I could be there, but, um, it's going to be really cool to, to, to watch that. Uh, and you know, with that, if the Braves could score early, especially in this first game, set the tone for the entire series. Score early against Degrom, uh, I think, will be really key. And you know, the Braves, whether this wind is blowing in or out, I'd really like to see the Braves, at least in this series, not rely so much on the home run. And you know, that was the, that was the reality of most of the Braves' wins um, in the postseason last year. They got some really key home runs. I mean, you think back to Rosario and Soler and you know, the the home run Freddie Freeman had against uh, Josh Hader. Yeah, they had really crucial home runs, but they also had several wins where it wasn't about the home run at all. And um, so I just think, especially going against DeGrom primarily, he's hard to square up. So, you know, take your hits however you can get them. And and even if you get just one or two off of them, you get get them early. You let Freed settle in, I think it's going to be really key. Uh, the infield, like I mentioned, infield, you got to start showing up. You got to have some big hits, um, even if it's just getting on base and letting the the back end of the lineup drive you in. Um, you know, be a part of the action. And, uh, man, it would be great for a couple big hits from Riley Swanson and Olsen, guys who, you know, probably haven't felt like they've been contributing much lately. You know, I think just mentally it would be, Really important for them to do some things before the the um, end of the regular season, and then this one's kind of obvious. But our starters, you know, this is kind of a showdown of some great starting pitching, um, and especially um, you know when you have Freed going against Degrom, you have Wright going against Scherzer. If those two guys square those guys up and beat them, I mean that is going to be demoralizing for the Mets. It's going to be a statement. And um, you know, and then, like I said, maybe Morton gives you one last hurrah <laughs> in what could be his final regular season performance. Uh, that would be a really cool moment as well. So the Braves have—it's all still right there in front of them. You know, it, as they say, their fate is is you know in their control. Uh, but it's going to be a tough task. Sweeping the Mets would would be um, quite an accomplishment as this is a very, very good Mets team. Um, I've said for some time that 103 wins was was my target uh, for the Braves, and I think they would have to win their last six games uh, to get there. Uh, maybe I'm off by one game, but um, but nonetheless, I still think – I don't think the Braves necessarily have to win all six of their games uh, remaining, but probably five, you know. And obviously, if you could win all three against the Mets, that, that puts you in the best position possible. So – uh, Braves, time to do it. It is basically postseason time. The you know, the regular season is still here, but this is basically postseason baseball. So it's fun, uh chills in the air. Uh it, it just makes you jazzed up about you know what is to come. Uh the reality is, you know, we're putting a lot of stock in uh winning the East. The reality is the Braves are capable of winning the World Series without winning the NL East. It is not the be all end all. It is really important. It does set you up way better. Uh, the Braves, no matter what happens, they have set their pitching up to face the Mets with their best three pitchers, and to start the postseason, uh, probably with their best three pitchers ready to go if they have to play that wild card three game series, which would be in Atlanta. So they're still in good position, no matter what. But man, it would be great. Would be so great to be able to rest your guys. Get that by. Um, I still kind of hate the new um, <laughs> the new postseason format, but you know here it is. So you got to you got to deal with it. So um, I think the Braves are set up pretty well, regardless. I really think the key to everything for the Braves being successful is getting, like I said, uh, Swanson, Riley, and Olson. They those guys have to be, uh, you know, they have to be helping the Braves out. They have to be hitting well. Hopefully, that can start against some really really good pitching the Mets are going to throw at them. And they can figure some things out uh, so go Braves I hope it's a great series I will certainly be watching I hope you guys are too